The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When the hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father, Jesus said to the disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's first reading, we come to a central and very important part of the history of the church. It's at the midpoint of the book of Acts. It's Acts chapter 15. And there's a crucial question that has been brought forward. Certain individuals from the Pharisees who have converted to Christianity, nevertheless, think that converts to the faith have to abide by certain Jewish legal prescriptions, such as circumcision. As it says, certain individuals came down from Judea and were teaching, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. So it goes right to the heart of salvation. So this was a very important issue that had to be resolved. It was brought first through the local church in Antioch, but they knew they couldn't resolve it for the entire church. So they send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, where the apostles are. This is an important move because it recognizes two things. First, the importance of authority. Authority lay with the apostles. And unity, because this is potentially divisive. They bring it then to the apostles, and Peter stands up, and he first proclaims, by the Holy Spirit, what the teaching of the church will be. We don't get it in today's first reading. It's actually skipped in the lectionary because there is a memorial in tomorrow's Mass. So let me read it here. This is Acts chapter 15, starting at verse 6. After there had been much debate, Peter rose and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentile should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, that he made no distinction between us and them, but cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you make trial of God by putting a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither your fathers nor we have been able to bear? There's the decisive decision. Notice Peter rose, he stands up. That's a 
position of authority. These are the last words Peter will speak in the book of Acts, but they are most important. Based on that decision, then James, who is the local bishop of Jerusalem, he then brings a further pastoral application to this important decision. He says, brethren, we will turn to God and allow the Gentiles into the church so long as they abstain from the pollutions of idols and from unchastity and from what is strangled and from blood. That's important because that will make the break with Judaism. In other words, the church will not merely be a sect or a subset of Judaism, but is in fact universal. However, these converts must abstain from idols and from unchastity. And those are important aspects that need to be broken with. So here we have both Peter in his authoritative statement, and then we have James, the local bishop, making a pastoral application of this decision, and the church is kept united. Potentially, it could have been all over right there. This will be, this Council of Jerusalem, the first of 21 ecumenical councils in the church. The last one, of course, was the Second Vatican Council. But we see the effect of these important councils because they keep the church united. There will always be issues that need to be decided, some very important issues. And unless we have an authority that can make that decision, we will have a fractured church. And unfortunately, that's what we see in our separated brothers and sisters. Every time there's a significant debate, another church is started because they cannot resolve the issue and there's no final authority. Everyone is their own sort of authority. But not with the universal church, the church that Christ started. In the gospel, we have the important words of Jesus. And Jesus tells us what we need to be saved. It's not circumcision. It's not the Old Testament regulations and the law, dietary codes and so forth. But he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. Abide in me as I abide in you. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus makes faith in him the key, and that's what the church teaches. It's not the externals, circumcision, and other things. First of all, it's the initiative of God. It's his grace that brings the good news to us, and then we, by faith, unite ourselves with Christ, and we bear much fruit. So it's grace of God through faith, exercising that faith through love. And that's what the church has always held to be the decisive issue for what ultimately saves us. So it's a very important council, this Council of Jerusalem, and it's a model for the future church. In every age, there will be very significant issues that need to be resolved. But what they do, they bring it to Peter. The church is kept united, and the church is Catholic, it's universal. Everyone is invited in. There's no roadblocks. There's no particular 
aspects that you have to keep certain codes. Rather, it's responding to God's grace through faith in love. Let us rejoice that God has made this abundantly clear as we hear in this first council and on through all other of the 21 councils. We know what it means to be part of the church, what the church is, and how we are saved.